Welcome to the Bird's Eye View Podcast. I'm Jeff McLean here along with Paul Domowich and Les Bowen. We're from the Philadelphia Inquirer, and this is our Eagles podcast. Hey, guys, what's going on? Greetings. Good to be here. All right. Well, the Eagles made a big move on Friday. Uh, they traded back from the six, number six overall pick to the 12th. Uh, in return, they moved up from the fifth round to the fourth in this year's draft. But uh, the major piece of compensation was getting a first rounder in 2022. Wentz hit certain... Uh, Markers, uh, 70, 75% of the snaps with the Colts or 70% and the playoffs, which uh, I guess is likely. I don't know. We don't know if that's likely or not, but uh, it should it should happen. And that gives the Eagles a lot of a lot of uh, uh, assets for next year, whether they, you know, whether they want to use them on players to build the team or whether they want to go get a quarterback. Uh, my main takeaway was that this was done primarily looking at the quarterback position. They've realized they couldn't get one of the guys that maybe they – I guess Kyle Wilson is the guy that I heard that they were probably most inclined to, to want to take. But he's probably going to go number two than the New York Jets. They couldn't move up. Uh, and this also kind of says that the Eagles will go with uh, Jalen Hurts in 2021 and see what he has. And, and I think overall it makes sense for a team that uh, even Jeffrey Lurie has described as rebuilding. What do you guys uh, – quick takes uh, and, then, uh, and then we'll delve in deeper. Well, it makes sense, and it's you know, you can't knock it in terms of what they got in return for moving back. But for me, I really wanted to see that sixth pick. I we've watched Howie Roseman draft for quite a few years here, and this is a draft where I, I think there's six or eight players that just look like no doubt slam dunk stars. And I really wanted to see the Eagles get a guy like that. I think if you look at their roster, they have so few of those people on their roster right now. I understand the need for quantity and, and, and the value of that pick next year. And that next year's draft is going to be a better draft because a lot of players didn't come out this year because of the, the COVID uncertainty and, and all the, you know, no combine and so on and so forth. But all that being said, I wanted to, a superstar player that we can watch this year. And uh, that might not be a, a good long-term view overall, but again, I, I trust Howie better with the sixth pick than I do with the 12th pick. And, uh, you know, I was a little disappointed. I was kind of, I was thinking before the 49ers made that move, I was thinking the Eagles might move up to get a quarterback, but you know, uh, Jalen Hurts has played well enough that, he deserves a shot at something and we'll just have to see what 2021 shows us. Yeah. You know, I mean, I agree. They, they, they obviously their, their odds of, of, of hitting on a player are better at six than they are at 12. Uh, but you know, the, the Eagles know better than anybody that, that, that the draft is a crapshoot. And uh, I mean, Howie and before him banner and Lori and, and, and Andy uh, have always, been of the opinion that you you need you know the more picks you have the better you're going to be because you're going to miss on a lot of them uh, you know that strategy has oftentimes like in 2010 and 2011 not worked I mean they had what 23 picks in those two drafts and pretty much bombed except for Jason Kelsey uh, and, and a couple of other players so um, you know they're, they're looking at having the four of the first 84 picks now with this trade down uh, five of the first 123 I mean, on paper, they're, they they and with three first round possible 
three first round picks next year. They're in really good shape. Now, again, we, it goes back to whether they can draft or not, uh, but they put themselves in good position to turn this team around, get it younger, get it better. Uh, you know, I mean, they've got, they've got a lot of players, even some of the players they're keeping here that are not going to be here in two, three years. So, yeah. I mean, you know, they just want as many picks as they can get. Uh, you know, I, I think they were committed to Jalen Hurts for 2021, you know, for weeks now. Uh, and, and, and if he does, if, if, if after 17 games this year, it turns out he's not the answer. Well, they've put themselves in a position with three first-round picks next year, where they can they can kind of navigate their way up near the top of the draft and and, and get somebody else if if there's a quarterback they like. Yeah, I mean there have been a report report earlier this month from ESPN that uh, Chris Mortensen that Jeffrey Lurie kind of sent Howie the edict saying you know <clears throat> build around Jalen Hurts and and you know don't bring in competition let's see what he can do in 2021 and 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 i'd heard the same as well um recently from various people familiar with the eagles thinking that this is you know something that jeffrey wants and jeffrey was uh again a proponent of how we trading up for jalen hurts i'm sorry not trading up trading in the second i mean sorry drafting in the second round jalen hurts and i you know i'm not sure if howie is from what i understand i'm not sure if howie's completely 100 percent convinced that hurts uh, can get the job done. Uh, certainly what they've done in getting the three picks, the three first round picks for 2022 and, and what that suggests tells you that they're not completely convinced either. But I mean, how could they be after four starts when he was, you know, you had a mixed bag there. And again, second round pick, it's not like you're investing a first rounder in him coming from in terms of, you know, people being critical of moving back because when the 49ers traded up, it was clear that they're, they're clearly for a quarterback and with the Falcons also expected to take a quarterback it looks like four quarterbacks will go in the first four picks so you're thinking all right the Eagles at number six could be either uh, Jamar Chase or it could be Kyle Pitts or it could be one of the offensive tackles and they would be getting you know you're kind of you know you're lessening the chances of not getting a quality guy I think what the Eagles are saying though is that they felt like and again this was SI Albert Beer reported that the Eagles were their, their intel tells them that the Bengals will take Chase at number five. So if they can't get him and Pitts is the next best guy, tends to take a tight end that high, especially when you have Dallas Goddard, and it's not a position of that they place that type of important. You know, a lot of teams will not draft a tight end that high in the draft. So why not move back and get the first rounder? And there's still a chance that you can get Jalen Waddle or you can get Devontae Smith if you're looking at receiver. But it also opens the pool of other positions because there are quality cornerbacks that you could take at number 12. So I could see where they're, they're coming from there. My thing is, I think that they have, it's clear they have a plan. Now, obviously we don't know how they're going to execute that plan because the execution hasn't been great, but I think they clearly have a plan. And less as you, as you wrote too, as well, this plan involves, it's like a two or three year plan. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that's really kind of sunk in with me here is, uh, well, Damo mentioned the fact that they have five picks in the first 123 this year, which is I, I, that's notable. I mean, those years that they've had a, a gazillion picks in the past, like 2011 and so, on, so many of those picks were in the last two rounds. You know, if you can pick five guys in the first four rounds, that's worth something. But 
you look at their roster right now and think about the fact that they're not expecting to win the Super Bowl this year. And if you wanted to list their top 10 players on their roster, eight of them would be on the wrong side of 30. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's sobering. I mean, it, it's, it's not a matter of rebuilding off of what you don't have right now. It's rebuilding, taking to account what you're not going to have in two years. Basically, even if you bring in good players to fill the holes that you have in, in 2021, by 2023, you're going to have a whole bunch of new holes that had been filled by high quality pro bowl caliber players. And uh, <coughs> that's a hell of a situation to be in coming off a of four eleven in one season. It really is. Yeah. One thing uh, I would say here is, I mean, and again, we're approaching this as if they actually are going to make the right decisions. Um, there are no, you don't need to build for three years down the road anymore. I mean, yeah, with the, yeah. With, with the cap going up, if, if they can maximize this draft somehow with those first, tw- you know, five picks and get some good players, they're going to be going into free agency next year with, with, you know, like a lot of teams with more than enough money to sign several guys. Uh, they'll have another draft next year. That's going to, you know, with those three, potentially three first round picks. So, I mean, this is a turnaround that can, that if they play their cards, right, which is a big if, uh, I think we can all agree. Uh, I mean, they can be a contender next year. Absolutely. I mean, the NFC East is not a strong division as we know. Will there be moves made uh, with each team to strengthen their chances? And are the Cowboys with, uh, you know, with their quarterback coming back, uh, will they all of a sudden be the team that we saw from a few years back? Um, those are all fair questions to ask, but I guess the question the Eagles have to look, you know, are, are, are the Eagles, do they view themselves as possible sneak-in contenders or are they being realistic about what they have? Because a lot of teams, they're not, they overvalue their players. And I just wonder if they're going to point the finger more at, the pandemic and Doug Peterson and Carson asked for why the team was four eleven and one last year. I think they're well, oh, good. Moving back doesn't indicate that to me, you know, yeah. it, it, that picking up a first round pick for 2022 would seem to indicate that you have a pretty realistic grasp of what you have, but we don't know. I mean, that one of the frustrations in covering this team right now is we don't ever get to talk to anybody. We haven't talked to, you know, trying to figure out what they're going to do in the draft. Uh, I was thinking, well, you know, corner might be really important to them now with that 12th overall pick. That's certainly a great spot to get a corner. We've never spoken to the defensive coordinator. We don't know what the hell he thinks about anything. Well, um, I'm sure that's, but yeah, that's probably uh, uh, it, uh, by plan. Howie, you know, we haven't done any kind of pre-draft thing with him or we didn't talk to him at the combine like we normally would. Uh, you know, it's, it's just a... Uh, we have so little idea with this new coaching staff of exactly what their thinking is about anything right now. And, and mentioned the quarterback thing, you know, we know for a fact that there are people high in the organization who aren't as high on Hertz as Jeffrey is. And is Jeffrey a great evaluator of quarterbacks? I don't, you know, I, I want to – Hertz is a great leader and a great worker and all that stuff, and, you know, I'm fine with giving him a chance. But 
the idea that you're going to spend a whole year figuring out if this guy's a quarterback or not, you know, there, there's some downsides to that as well. If it doesn't work out, um, I don't know. I just don't know what they want or what they're looking I, for. I think they're trying to do a little of both here. Uh, I mean, they know they're in the NFC East. I mean, this is, they're not trying to, they're not doing a Jacksonville here. They're not just dismantling and, 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 and just throwing this season to the wind. I mean, they kept Brandon Brooks. They kept Lane Johnson. They extended Jason Kelsey. They're trying to keep their, yep. and we know how much they, they, they put importance on the offensive line. I mean, they're, they're doing that for two reasons. One, because they think there's still an outside chance that if everything goes well and hurts is, is, is turns out to have a good year. Uh, I mean, they've got a decent offense. They're going to have a good, uh, good offense this year. That that they you know, and and if the NFC East is as bad as it uh, as it was last year, I mean, they can they can be there at the end. So I mean, I think they look at that at the same time. And I've said this before. I mean, one of the reasons they've brought back these all these offensive linemen instead of thinking about trading them or releasing them and, and getting some cap relief is they the best if you're if you're going to measure how good Jalen Hurts is, uh, there's no better way to do that than to put a good offensive line in front of him, and he's going to have one this year. I mean, the left tackle's still up in the air, but right now, uh, you know, he's got four solid starters right uh, in front of him. So, I mean, that's not – unless these guys start – you know, the bodies start to fall again, he's – you know, he's going to – he's it, it helps them evaluate him if if he's not running for his life. I agree with Damo too because it's not just the moves that they made on their with the guys they have on the roster. It's like, and I don't think this is a big deal, but you know, signing Joe Flacco and giving him three point five million, which is I think comparable to most backup quarterbacks, especially ones who've won a Super Bowl and uh, have done as much as Joe Flacco has done over his career. But it suggests that they feel like okay, if Hertz does get hurt, we feel like we have a guy who can step in and win when maybe. You know, fiscally, it doesn't make sense to extend that much on a guy, uh, especially for a team that you expect to not perform well. Mm-hmm. So they they can't look. I I just we we've been around Jeffrey and Howie for so long. I know how they think, and they just can't allow themselves to go full. Uh, I hate using the word tank, but just go full rebuild. Yeah. I just know how they think, and they know in this city how it'll go over too if they if they if they play it that way. Although I really feel like a lot of fans are kind of or would be on board with that uh, because they feel like you just got to completely redo this roster in a lot of extent uh, in a lot of ways that being said as Damu mentioned it doesn't it's this isn't the NBA this isn't Major League Baseball I mean you can turn because of the cast salary cap you can turn things around rather quickly the way the schedule schedule is set up it's going to benefit you again. The Eagles 17th game is against the jets. I mean, that's on paper, a win for them. Right. So you're playing a bunch of last place teams. So you can turn this around if you're the Eagles and let's say Hertz does play like the guy we saw in Arizona or against the saints, you have a team that could potentially compete for the playoffs, but with Hertz, you know, we don't know. We, we simply don't know. And he's going to have his first full off season. That should benefit him. Do we want to talk a little bit about Hurts? I mean, you know, now that it's basically his team, um, what do you think? I mean, like, is what do you think his chances are of succeeding? Is this could this potentially be the guy? Wes, well, I I like his leadership. I like his work ethic. 
Uh, I like his athleticism. I like, you know, a lot of things about him. I think he's smart. But those four games, you know, especially there was a sequence somebody was uh, dredged up the other day from the Dallas game uh, where he had the ball in the red zone and he kept trying to throw touchdown passes and they were nowhere near receivers. And I know obviously, you know, Wentz did an awful lot of that as well this year, but it wasn't promising. I, I did not see the kind of arm talent from him and the kind of, you know, going through options and finding the right guy that, really made me enthusiastic about oh boy they've really got something here I mean and and I trust because I haven't seen him that much I trust what I hear from other organizations about where they had him ranked as a draft prospect and most frankly would not have even taken him in the second round right Uh, I don't can't say most because I haven't talked to most general managers or but of the two or three that I've talked to, they didn't have him projected to even be drafted that high, you know. Yep. Yep. And I haven't heard anyone say to me, boy, the Eagles really have something there. Man, they, they snookered everybody with that guy. He's going to light the league on fire. You know, you don't hear that. <laughs> uh, all that said, you know, I have nothing against the guy. And, you know, he's – I'd, I'd like to see him succeed, but I have a lot of questions. I really do. I mean, you, you heard, I mean, you, you guys know that I, I, I like him more than you do. So uh, he's got good arm strength. He's got good accuracy. Uh, his decision making needs to improve those four games last year. I'm not putting a lot of uh, credence in him. Um, you know, I, I like the fact that he can run. Um, you know, I like, I like his leadership qualities. Uh, does he need to improve? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think, I think one thing I think is uh, they, I think they hired a really sharp quarterbacks coach who, who is going to help him, Brian Johnson, who he has a history with, uh, who, mm-hmm. who did a terrific job in college and was, was, was headed for a head coaching job at a, at a power, in a power conference. So uh, I think they're, you know, I think that's going to help him. Um and again, he's going to have, at least right now, it looks like he'll have a pretty good offensive line in front of him. Um, you know, we, we have no clue what we're going to see from this offense as far as what they're going to run uh, and how that's going to, you know, but I'm assuming they're trying to put something together that plays to his strengths, uh, probably is going to look a lot like the Oklahoma offense, maybe. Um so, you know, I, I'm a little bit more optimistic than you guys are. Do I think he's a, a slam dunk? Uh, can't miss no uh, but nobody was fired up about Lamar Jackson when he came out uh, you know all these guys that can, all these guys yeah. that can run the first thing people do is look at what they can't do uh, rather than look at, at how dangerous I mean one thing that we're going to see this year with him at quarterback is teams are never going to play zone I mean never going to play man-to-man because you can't you can't turn your back on, on a guy like this you don't you see the same thing against Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson, they, you're forced to play zone. And that plays to a lot of – I mean, a guy like Greg uh, Greg Ward, who is not a terrific slot receiver against man, but the man can find a, a hole in a zone like nobody's business. And I think, you know, so even though he's an average player, I think he's going to be a better player yeah. playing with uh, with a guy like uh, Jalen Hurts. So, you know, we'll see. But I'm, I'm – I'm, cautiously optimistic at this point if you're asking for my opinion on the guy 
Yeah, I, I, I like Kurtz too. Uh, and he only completed 52% as a rookie now. And that was a small sample and things weren't laid out perfectly for him and he didn't have a full off season. So I, 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 you know, I'm willing to kind of overlook that and see how he does, you know, once the season starts this year, um, you know, arm talent wise, he certainly has a lot of the mechanics to make those types of throws down the field. I just repetitive accuracy to me is one of is maybe the most important skill set to have as a quarterback in the NFL. And I just, I'm wondering if he has that, and the running part, he's just got to be – he just can't be taking off after, uh, you know, the first or second read is covered. He's got to be – he's got to be like Russell Wilson who picks and chooses his part. Now, Russell Wilson had seasons when he ran for five, six, seven hundred yards, right? Um, but he was smart in when he did it. And and when you mentioned Lamar and Kyler – Lamar, I mean, the defense has caught up to him a little bit this year. Um, he was still good. But I just don't know if you can be that type of quarterback and be successful at the top level. I still feel like it's a, it's I still feel like it's a pass first position, um, and you know I, I think that you can get to the playoffs with that type of guy. I just don't know if you can win a Super Bowl with that type of guy. But um, you know we'll see. He's still young. He's got. I mean, he's only twenty two years old. I mean, so it's. <laughs> You know, and and is it going to be fair just to give him one year? Uh, anyways, I was going to transition again. Since we, since we know they're picking 12th, you know, I'll put you guys on the spot. Right now, if you were to say they stay put, who would they take at that Who do you think most likely they could, they could get at that spot? Well, I would look first at the corners. I know a lot of people are holding out hope for a, for a wide receiver, uh, Devonta Smith or uh, Waddle from uh, – Alabama or something, but I, rather than take the third best receiver, I'd rather have the best corner probably in this draft. And and you look at, you know, JC Horn or Patrick Sertain, uh, you know, either of those guys would look very good to me. It's interesting that they're both the sons of NFL play, really good NFL players. Seems to be becoming a trend in the league these days. There's so many of those guys with Asante Samuel Jr. in the draft yeah. this year, and but uh, but I like corner there really. I it, it, edge rusher would scare me to death because I maybe I haven't done enough research, but I just don't see a can't miss. Again, they need a star. They don't need a guy like Derek Barnett, who's a good player. You know, uh, they need a star. They need a Pro Bowl guy. And uh, I, I see the corner as, as the place to get that. But, you know, I'm sure there are other, place, other places you could go as well. You could go Micah Parsons, which we would all fall over dead if yeah. they drafted a linebacker 12th overall. You know, what do you well, think? Well, you mentioned Parsons. I mean, if he's there at 12th, I mean, this is – you know, they, they obviously have a list like every team does of guys they feel are – I mean, it's, somebody's going to slide. You know, I'd like to see their list of top six, top seven, and see if, you know, and Parsons is one of those guys because of the position he plays who could slide. Um, and, and boy, I, I, you know, you're right. They haven't picked one since what, seven, whenever Jerry Robinson was picked, 78, 70, I forget the year, but 79. Yeah. This kid is so special. I mean, 
I, I, again, we, we haven't talked to the defensive coordinators. We have no idea what, you know, what, you know, but, 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 I mean, you look at the Colts. I mean, they've got, they've got Darius Leonard. I mean, they've got a, a special linebacker. Um, you know, the, the Chargers uh, had, uh, had good linebackers when, uh, I mean, I just, if he's there, I take him. Uh, after that, I, I don't know. When I look at who should be there, you know, you mentioned Sertain. I mean, Caleb Farley. They, surely, you would think they wouldn't go after another guy with a, with a coming off an injury. Uh, well, that's an interesting name there because it is an injury. It just depends on yeah. what you think the injury means. Apparently, yeah. it's going to be okay yeah. by July. You know, which is not like yeah. Sidney Jones at all. You know, but does it mean that he's going to have back yeah. problems? You know, in the NFL, I don't. And the days, you know, when you could get your doctor, you know, with COVID, you can't do the kind of medical evaluation that you might normally do. So that that is, I was wondering if he might slip the yeah. second round or something. But uh, that'll be really yeah. interesting and, to watch. And, you know, again, because we don't know what, I mean, it all comes down, you know, the coaches obviously have met with Howie and the scouts since they hired this coaching staff and are telling them what not only what players they like, I mean, the, but what type of player? I mean, are, are they looking for a corner? Yeah, is, you know, a press man guy or, is, or a guy that can play is, is good in zone. Uh, you know, things like that that are going to kind of shape their decision. That we're that we're kind of still on the outside looking in at. So you know, but at twelve, aside from Parsons, I mean, there's just a lot of guys you, you like. But is there a can't miss slam dunk? You know, we'll be a star guy. Uh, you know, the, the only guy I see that I would I would not hesitate to take if he slid down to them is Devonta Smith. Yeah, uh, Parsons is an interesting case study just because of, you know, as we as you mentioned before about linebacker and the Eagles reluctance to take one so early. And, you know, I know that everyone talks about Jerry Robinson and different so, so long ago, different philosophies and coaches and GMs. And, um, you know, this has been kind of since the Andy Reid Joe Banner era about devaluing that position and understandably so I mean we've seen with the passing you know the passing game increasing in, in importance how you, you only really have one linebacker on the field for every play but if Michael Parsons that one linebacker then you could see them seeing it worth taking guy at number 12 right yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, but he's got to be able to drop and cover and play that and play you know that that part of the position and did, did some of that at Penn state, but um, he's, he was more of a kind of, you know, they, they rush him a little more. They, you know, he was around the line. I, I don't know if schematically he's going to fit in with what they do. Again, as Les yeah. mentioned, we don't really know schematically what they're going to do. So it's really kind of Jack Parsons to the Eagles. But again, if they're looking for an impact player at 12 and they see him as the guy with the greatest upside, I could see, yeah, uh, it would be interesting. It'd be great for us in terms of storylines. Um, yeah, yeah. But um, so um, when you look at the roster, what other holes do you feel like need to be filled? I mean, they're pretty much through agency at this point. They'll, they'll add some more guys as we go along here, you know, as the prices drop as well. But are you looking at this roster now and saying, oh, they really – you know, they haven't gotten – I mean, cornerback is, as you mentioned, Les. Uh, who, who's going to start opposite a, uh, Darius Slay? They don't have anybody. Yeah. Yeah. 
that linebacker, um, you know, they defensive tackle they're they kind of need to draft for that. I think, uh, offensive line is interesting because they're, they're counting on getting all these guys back, but you got age and in- injury history with multiple players and you could very well end up in a situation like you ended up in last year. And it wouldn't be like, Oh my God, how did this happen? I mean, they're all older guys. Uh, you kind of need, you need a really good young guy there in the, in the pipeline. I guess if Andre Dillard pans out, that'll be less of a, a concern. Uh, the wide receiving core to me, I mean, we still don't know that Jalen Rager is going to be a great player. Uh, you still don't have a difference maker if he isn't. Uh, you know, Miles Sanders is a one-man backfield right now. Uh, there aren't a lot of positions you could say they don't need a little bit yeah, of help. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's just practically you could run down the list. Uh, I'm curious what they're going to do. I mean, you look at edge rusher. Um, you know, you got Brandon Graham, who's going to be what? There is 33. Uh they did not – I mean, I, yeah. I expected them – I had expected them to extend Barnett. Instead, they're holding on to him for, uh, and, and letting – you know, for $10 million for 10 million. in the year, which, you know, the last time we saw them do this with a player, they, they got rid of him the year afterwards uh, with Nelly uh, Aguilar. Uh, I don't know if it means they, they, they could they, – they still are hopeful of doing a deal or they don't want to do a deal because they don't know yet. Whether this guy's a key, you know worth keeping for a, and giving a long term deal, uh, but if you take those two guys out, let's say next year they tell Barnett to take a hike and, and Brandon is a year older, even if he sticks around, you know, suddenly you know Josh Sweat's your only edge rusher. So that's a that's a position, and, and we yeah. know how much yeah. that how important that position is to the, to these people. So yeah. I mean the, uh, the the lines, I mean the offensive and defensive lines. I mean you could, it's like you know you cast a wide net here they, they need so much of everything that um you know if you, whatever they go after it's it's going to be a position of need they've done a horrible job at cornerback drafting corner corners since howie's been yeah i mean they haven't gotten anybody it's it's his achilles heel i mean if yeah well some might suggest and they've spent some heels, but that's the big one right? yeah yeah They've spent some second and third round picks on corners who just haven't been anything. You know, I mean, that's remarkable. Or, to or do have gone that. somewhere else and, uh, and played better. Yeah, that's and that's another indictment of them. You know, I think both Rasul Douglas and Sidney Jones were useful mm-hmm. players in other schemes. Sidney mm-hmm. had the same problem he had here as he got hurt. But, uh, you know, yeah, that's that's troubling and uh i'm trying to remember the name of that guy that runs first marsh <laughs> guy who back college career who switched to corner and they thought they were getting this great steal because of his athleticism in the third round and he couldn't play i'll never forget a conversation you know, I, mean, I had with howie after that draft and this is back when we had much more access to him so it was like he sat down and talked to me about something yeah uh, unrelated to the draft but i I'd given my grade back when we did that kind of thing. And I think I gave like the draft, like a C plus and he kind of went off on me and he's like, what do you know about Car- Curtis Marsh? I'm like, I know nothing about Curtis Marsh. I said, which is kind of part of the point. And I said, uh, but on top of that, a lot of the people I'm talking to around the league don't know anything about Curtis Marsh. So you're telling me you guys. Yeah. 
about him. And, uh, and like, it was clearly his pick. And it was just amusing to see that, uh, you know, the way he reacted to it. Because uh, clearly it was, oh, yeah, I love Curtis Marsh. Well, Curtis Marsh couldn't play in the NFL. And we all recall what Tom Brady did to him during yeah. that inner squad scrimmage. Remember <laughs> Oh my God! That's, that, that, was, two, yeah, that, that 2011 draft would. I mean, it, a repeat of that this year would just be disastrous. I mean, it would. Like, yeah. Danny Watkins, yeah. Shaquan Jarrett, and Curtis Marsh, and Casey Matthews as your first four picks. I, I would love for them to see do something yeah. like, okay, Andy Weidel. You know, you've been doing this a long time. We respect you. We're not just going to give you the third day of the draft because that's what happened. We're going to say you do it. Right, mm-hmm. it, uh, they'll never do that. Uh, right, but you know, <laughs> when things haven't worked the other ways that you've approached them, because it's again, as we've seen, it's like the problem with the Eagles drafts to me is that they don't have an organized philosophy template for how howing they how they do it. Every year it changes. Right. Every it year changes, changes every year or two, and yeah. it's like okay, we're going to do this or or. I'm going to take more voices into account. No, this year it's just going to be a few of us or, you know, it's just, there's no set system for them. And look again, they're not alone here. Every team does this, you know, or a lot of teams aren't good drafting teams. I mean, let's, let's be factor. It's, it's an inexact science, but the Eagles, as we know, have been one of the worst teams over the last four years. And I think that's a huge reason why. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one you know, for a while there, when Joe Douglas came in, they were going to embrace his philosophy of getting guys who are just really solid, who you know love the game and and have might not have as high a ceiling, but have high floors. And they they kind of tried to do that for a while, and then Joe left, and all of a sudden last year it was speed. Everybody had to be fast, right. you know, and and that was the only criterion it seemed like was speed. They end up with Davion Taylor in the third round, you know, and, and it's not so much that any of these philosophies is definitely wrong. It's that most good organizations have one and keep it. You know, they don't decide next year to pivot to something. Even when else. Joe was here, like they didn't, they didn't always do follow that template. Like, Right. right. So like Sidney Jones it, anyway. was like, yeah. oh, wow, we can get this guy because, you know, he dropped and he's got the yeah. injury and he's we project him to be this and that or the other thing. Um, that was, of course. And then they had to adjust after Dalvin Cook got drafted. Uh, and then in 2018. Yeah. So 2018, 2018 was wasn't as bad. But again, you're drafting someone at tight end. I mean, they, they took a Joe Douglas guy there. But did that make sense organizationally in terms mm-hmm. of Zach Ertz? Uh, 2019, Andre Dill, all of a sudden, they fall in love with the process. And they don't know much about him. He's in the West Coast. They, don't, they didn't take into account how he would right. uh, thrive here. They also overvalued the fact that, fact that he was a pre- past pro guy. Um, and then we can move up. This is the guy we're going to get yeah. great value for because he's dropping. He's dropping. You know, it's like, it's just, it just always seems like it, it, I would love to be in that room. Let me ask you guys a quick yeah. question on a position we didn't talk about. Uh, Tight end and Zach Ertz. Um, they obviously have not gotten very many uh, uh, appetizing offers for him. Uh, I, you know, I thought he was 
definitely going to be gone because I thought Kyle Pitts was a was a was a possible a real good possibility at six. And they, you know, I mean, Kyle Pitts is a tight end, but he's also he can play anywhere uh, on that in that in a formation. But that's not going to happen. Obviously, they're not going to have a tight end that's going to be ready to play other than Dallas Goddard. Can you envision them unless some team like loses, unless Travis Kelsey goes down and Andy calls and is round pick in in August for Zach? Uh, can you envision a scenario here where Zach stays on this team through this next season? No, I keep asking about that, Damo. I I talk to people close to Zach who say that he will not play here this year. You know, that that's decided. Now, if they force his hand, I mean, you know, you're you're under contract for a lot of money. Uh, I don't know if they want that kind of distraction with a fight with a guy over whether he's going to report and stuff like that with a new coaching staff and so on. They don't really need mm-hmm. that sort of thing going on. But uh, it looks like they're kind of in a really – the the mode isn't a good mode getting you know the the thing recently about giving mm-hmm. the agent uh permission to 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 find a trade partner that happened a long time ago and it didn't work yeah i mean that's usually the last straw you grasp before you release a guy uh the agent might know you know a gm that really likes the player or you know might be able to to talk to them about a contract extension, you know, after, because I think that's one hurdle here is that Ertz has said that he'll, he's willing to play this year under his current contract. Well, all that means is he wants to get the free agency next, next uh, March, you know, and if you're going to trade something good for him, then you're trading it for one year of him. Uh, And I don't know that I'd be excited about that. If I were a team after the year that he had in 2020, so unless they're going to release him, I think this could get really uh, ugly. I really do. Yeah, I don't think there's any way he's back here next year. I think both both sides want that. Uh, it's just a question of how it will happen. My guess is that they're eager on to him until the draft when it becomes easier to move a guy and you can maybe perhaps package Zach in with a pick and it doesn't look as bad. You get something in return, this, or other, uh, this that, or the other thing. And yeah. If that can't happen, then they'll then they'll release him, um, and which is I think what Zach ultimately wants. I know that he's willing to play under his current deal because if he plays well, he can negotiate a deal next season, and obviously with the with more money, he'd get a better deal. So I think that's certainly a, a factor. But also, he does if he's released, he can he can control where he wants where he plays. He can pick the team that he wants. Um, and he can work on an, a new deal if he wants. Uh, it may not be as much next year, but it does give you some uh, security. My guess is he, but he also probably feels like he still play can play at a high level. And he and right now his value isn't isn't high. Clearly, coming off what happened last year, so as you mentioned, less uh, it has been out that he'd be willing to play under that current deal, which is maybe why he's okay with the trade. Um, but he doesn't want to go to a situation that doesn't benefit him either. So. Um, but I think ultimately the end game right. here he ends uh, up on another team. Yeah. Well, I guess that's uh, – we kind of covered all our bases here just for now. Um, draft is – is it exactly a month away? First round? Yeah, a little, little yeah. less than a, a month away. A little less than a month away. Um, 
you know, typically we would be at the owners meetings this week. Uh, just a lot of, a lot of opportunities yeah, to, yeah. to report and find out information or talk to the Eagles and just kind of with no combine, no owners meetings. And it's, it's, uh, we're trying our best with this new coaching staff to get information. So we hopefully can get a little of that, but if not, um, we'll do our best here these next few weeks to write stories about the draft and everything the Eagles have done and will do, uh, Please read all of our stuff at theinquire.com. Sign up for the Early Birds newsletter. Uh, get all of our stories and links there and additional content. Uh, Les, Damo, thanks for joining us today. Everyone at home, thank you. This is the Bird's Eye View podcast, and we'll talk to you next time.